Hello again. We are still moving through Philippians chapter four. And today we are going to be going over verses six and seven, and this will be part one of a part two series. And we are going to be delving into anxiety, worry, depression, panic attacks, these things that can plague us and how we can truly overcome them. As you know, I was plagued for years and this is how I overcame. So enjoy today's episode. Hi family, welcome to God's Word Transforming Lives. Are you wanting to learn the Bible verse by verse, one letter at a time, with real life application? Then this podcast is for you. My name is Amy, and I have been teaching the Word of God to women for over 15 years now. I came out of some trauma from my childhood, and it left me feeling so empty. And after searching high and low with everything the world had to offer, I always came up short until I learned the Word of God for myself. And it was in that that I became transformed. So if you would like to be transformed by God's word, then stick around and let's do this together. Did you know I have a free sisterhood community of women just like you? Women who love Jesus when they love one another. They too are looking for that deeper walk with Christ and they love learning his word. If you pause right now and click the link below in the show notes, it'll take you right to the Facebook group. We look forward to getting to know you. Thank you for being here with me once again. We are going through the book of Philippians. We are currently in chapter four. So grab your Bibles and come along with me. Now we have been talking last time, we were really talking about um, the unity of the church and the with unity posing such a huge threat to the body of Christ. And we really delve into why uh, Paul was so concerned about these two women that were not unified, that were starting to have problems on personal preference problems. And so if you missed that teaching, you can go back and listen to that or watch that if you're on YouTube. And so he's he was telling us to or telling them and us to be remembered that our our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And for this, we can rejoice. We need to get our mind off of earthly things and back onto what matters, which is Christ sitting at the right hand of the Father who died for us, who who is me- who is mediating for us, who is going to come back and and take us onto himself for all of eternity as our bridegroom. And so as he's still, so that same thought is coming into play here. We're going to discuss one of the most quoted scriptures um, in in the Bible is we're on verse six, right? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. So he just gets done talking about how we need to have, we need to rejoice. We need to always be rejoicing the fact that we have been saved and set free from our sin, from the penalty of sin. We are in the palm of God's hand. We are written in the land's book of life. We, We are to be reminded that we are to be 
people that are known for our gentleness and, and be known um, for being gentle with one another. And when we take our eyes off of Christ, we start putting on one another. We start putting on our personal preferences. Ego comes into play. Pride comes into play. And then we start losing that focus and we can become uh, not very gentle very quickly. And so then he goes on to say, so be anxious for nothing. And that word anxious literally means care for nothing. Don't have a concern. Don't have a care or a worry would be a good term. Don't worry about these earthly things, these things that just have your mind so consumed. And I, you know, somebody who was plagued by anxiety, I literally had panic disorder, panic attacks where I would just have anxiety for no reason. I was always in a constant state of worry. And for me, one of the biggest things I worried about was my health and death and dying and these things that I really didn't have a lot of control over as far as like, I was afraid I would go and get in a car accident or this would happen, that would happen. And my mind would just go off into absolute worry and panic all the time. And it's because my mind was just not on the things of Christ. It was not on the things of the word of God. And when I started really learning about who God is, when I started reading the Bible, studying the Bible, studying theology, studying doctrine, really understanding the love of God, understanding who he is and that he in understanding his attributes, you know, that I can trust him, that he loves me, that I'm in the palm of his hand, that he he cares for me no matter what. But even though, yes, things are going to happen, trials and tribulations are going to come, but because of the love that the father has for me, and I am the apple of his eye, and I am the, in the palm of his hand, I can. I don't have to be anxious. I don't have to worry. And when I think of Philippians 6, 4, it takes me over to Matthew 6, where Jesus is addressing the people. And I'm in Matthew 6, verses 24, where he starts to say, you know, no one can serve two masters. For either you will hate the one or love the other, or else you will be loyal to the one and despise the other, and you cannot serve God in manna. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, or isn't your life more than food and the body more than clothing? Yes, our lives are worth so much more than those things. You know, even if I were to pass away suddenly, and this is what plagued me in my 20s and some of my 30s. I would have been, been, if I believed in God and I believed in what the Bible says, I would have been with him in glory. But this stuff plagued me all the time. I was just so fearful, everything from my, from my childhood. And I were, you know, worried about finances. I worried about kids. I worried about the, I mean, everything had me in constant chaos in my, in my mind. But he goes on to say, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubic to his stature? One, what, what are you going to add to your life by sitting around and worrying? Nothing. Life is going to continue to go on. You're missing out on life. I was missing out on life. Because I was always in a state of panic, always in a state of anxiety, always worried about what was going on around me. I was hypersensitive to everything around me. A lot of comes from my childhood. I had a very traumatic childhood, as we've discussed. And so I had PTSD. Um, and so this caused me to just be in a constant state of worry and panic 
all the time. He says, so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field for they grow and they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arraigned like one of these. And no, and now if God so clothes the grass, of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. That was my problem. I lacked faith. And then one of the biggest reasons why I lacked faith was because I just simply didn't know God. I did not know who he was. I had never been taught the doctrines of our faith. I had never been taught the attributes of God to really know him for who he is, to know about his love, to know about his mercy, to know about his grace, to know about his justice and his truth and his omnipresence and his omniscience and his omnipotency, you know, to realize that he's everywhere at all times. He knows all things. He's all powerful and he loves me to pieces. I didn't grasp any of that. And so I had little faith, little faith that God was going to, uh, you know, take care of any situation that came into my life, even if it wasn't to the way that I wanted it to be taken care of, I knew that he was going to take care of it in the best way that it needed taken care of. So therefore do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek for your heavenly fathers knows that you need these things. See the Gentiles or the unsaved people are always worried about, you know, getting the bigger house, the bigger car, the clothes, the this, the that, or they're worried about how we're going to pay our bills. How are we going to do? They don't have that childlike faith that their father is going to handle it. Now we can't just sit back and eat bonbons and watch TV and go, father's going to handle that. He'll pay the bills. Obviously we're, we're working. We're using the wisdom that the word gives us through the Holy spirit to live our lives and, and be good citizens, be good financial stewards, we are, you know, putting hopefully good food in our bodies. We're taking care of the temple in which he's given us. We're not just living um, impulsively and living without self-control because one of the, that's the fruit of the spirit to be in, to live in temperance and self-control where we are told to take care of these temples. We're told to do these things, but in a world of such worry, we don't want to seek after the world's comforts and all that the world seems to have to offer. We need to seek after those things that are heavenly. It says, seek first, goes on in verse 33. I'm still in Matthew six, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things sufficient for the day is its own trouble. See, when we seek God first, when we, when we seek our father and we seek the things of God and the things of heaven and realize that there's this beautiful inheritance awaiting me and there's a God in, in heaven who loves me, who set his son and died for me. When all these things, you know, when I am focused on heavenly things, that the worry drops off of me. You know, worry doesn't add anything to our lives. They, we, we can go through all the scientific studies about worry and how it raises your cortisone and how it causes, you know, it causes heart disease and heart attacks and it causes, you know, cancer and stress and all these things. And so we know that worry does not add anything to our life. And so we must be people of faith and know who our God is. Now, here's what it doesn't mean, because listen, we, we're, we are having a human experience and we're going through things, you guys. We are having legitimate trials and tribulations. You know, you just lost somebody you love very much. And so the word isn't saying, oh, don't worry. Don't worry about that. You know, don't grieve. In other words, no, grieving is not anxiety. 
Anxiety in this context is literally worrying, what am I going to do now? How am I going to fend for myself? How, you know, how am I going to survive this loss? We don't worry about how we're going to survive the loss because we know we're in the palm of God's hands and he is going to get us through and he promises to work this out for your good and his glory. So we don't have to have anxiety. However, you're still a human being having a human experience. And so you will grieve the loss of a loved one or a loss of a job or a loss of whatever you're going through. And so feel those emotions. Those emotions aren't sinful. What's sinful is when we worry about things we can't control. We worry about um, how we're going to make our ends meet. We worry about how we're going to, you know, how are we going to get through this? God gets us through it. He gets us through the sadness. He gets us through the emotions. He gets us through the tragedy or the trauma or what we've gone through. We lean not on our own understanding, but we completely lean on Christ to get us through these trials and these tribulations in which we're walking through. So we don't have to worry what tomorrow is going to be like. We don't have to worry about these tangible earthly things because we have a father in heaven who loves us. We're going to seek first the kingdom of God. So you're going to come to him. And that's the next part. It says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. So through prayer, this word prayer means intentional communication with God to set apart time, to set apart a specific place, to set your heart apart for prayer, for deliberate, intentional communication with the Father, with God. Jesus did this all the time. We see this through the scriptures where he would draw away from the crowd and he would go and intentionally find a space and spend time alone communicating with the Father. And so this is what he's saying. When worry starts to come, when anxiety starts to come, or when trials and tribulations start to come, immediately be intentional and go right to the throne room of grace. And let's start communicating with the father about the situation. The word supplication literally means being specific or in detail what your needs are. So it's not a rehearsed prayer. It's not somebody else's prayer that they tell you to pray. It's literally you being intentional, setting time aside to go and be with the father to then make your requests known. Let these supplications come out. Father, I am, I am struggling. I am grieving. I, I am, I just got this phone call. You know, I just lost my job, but I know that you are the God who is able I know that in Matthew 6, says I don't have to worry about anything, that you've already got it all worked out, that you care more for me than you do the lilies of the, of the flowers of the valley. You care more for me than the birds in the sky. You are my father. I'm not an unbeliever. I'm not a Gentile just running around worried about everything. I am your child. You adopted me into this beautiful kingdom. And so because of that, I can come to the throne room of grace and make my requests known. See, when Jesus died on the cross for you, when he took your sin for you, he and the Holy Spirit came and made a home with you. You put your faith in the finished work of Christ on the cross. The Holy Spirit came and made a home inside of you. And you now have what we call the imputation of Jesus Christ. All of his righteousness, all of his holiness has been imputed to you. You have positionally been made 
holy. This is why you can go to the throne room of grace day and night and make your petitions known. You're going through the blood of Christ, through the finished work of of the cross. And so you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to worry about anything. You can just immediately, no matter where you are, what's going on, be intentional to go and communicate with the father, making your requests known uh, with specific details. And he hears your prayers because you are now the, the prayers of the righteous avail much. And you are now the righteous through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And that is such beautiful good news. And we're going to continue on this thought in the next episode on the podcast. So thank you for being with me during this first part. And I know we didn't get far and you're probably like on your heels, like for the rest of it, but I like to keep the podcast, um, you know, to a minimum of about no more than 20 minutes. I know that you guys have um, a lot to do in life. And so I just try to give you short teachings, but we will pick up or the next teaching on the next part of this. We'll talk about how to go into the throne room, how to talk to the father and how to make our requests. Father, as I finish up here with these beautiful sisters, I just want to pray and lift each and every one of them up to you. Anxiety, worry, it plagues us. It plagues our society. It's plaguing families. Father, as we are living in dark days and hard times, but you are not caught by surprise, Lord. You are not caught off guard by the things in which we are going through. And through your son, you have given us this great gift of peace beyond our understanding and a joy that's incomprehensible. We are truly your children, resting in the palm of your hand, where nothing and no one can snatch us out. We know that you hear our prayers and you are faithful to answer them, and that there is no problem too big for you. There is nothing that you cannot handle. Your yoke is easy. And it says to just come to you and make our requests known. And so, Father, I'm asking for you to help each and every one of my sisters make their requests known to you in detail. Help them become intentional in their prayer life and in their walk with you. And, Father, I know that the Word of God is what transformed my life, getting to know you through your Word. And that's how you revealed yourself to us. And so I pray for that intentional time for my sisters in the Word. And if they start meditating on it, praying the word, speaking the word, and Lord, that you will transform their hearts and their minds, that they will be guarded, Father, from the lies of the enemy. And I thank you for whatever they're going through right now, Lord. I'm believing with them that you are going to make a way in situations where there seems to be no way. And I thank you that you are going to bring them a peace beyond their own understanding and that they will have complete rest in you. And I just pray against any anxiety and worry that tries to come against them, that they too may be set free once and for all. We thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Family, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If it has blessed you in any way, would you give me 30 seconds 
and share it with a friend of yours. One more small little favor, if you would, head over to whatever podcast source you're listening to this on and give me a five-star review. That would be so great. It helps get the episodes out there to other people who may be wanting to learn God's word. Again, don't forget guys, until next time, it is a crockpot faith, not a microwave. With God's word, discipleship, and patience, you too will be transformed for his good work. Grace and peace, I leave with you until next time.